We are in our second week of a series that Pastor Ben kicked off for us last week called What's Next? And really, this series is based off of a book written by Pastor Chris Hodges of Church of the Highlands. So if you were to read that book, there's a lot of content in there that you're going to hear in these messages over the next few weeks. And, and so really, this, this series, we're... Um, answering the question of what's next, like what's next on my spiritual journey, what's next for me, maybe you're a new believer or a new member around here and you're just trying to figure out what's next in your spiritual journey and so we're just doing our best to answer those questions to you Um, and really through this series we're communicating um, the vision of this church, like really what this church was built around, our vision, we're, we're communicating that in reverse order. So Pastor Ben kicked us off last week with an awesome message about making a difference because that's the last step of our vision is making a difference. And, and what we learned is that really you'll never be fulfilled, you'll never be satisfied until your life, the life that you're living is serving other people and, until it's making a difference in their life. Like you know you won the game whenever your life is making a difference, when your life is serving other people. And I'd say that even really people who wouldn't consider themselves Christians in the world, they're starting to realize this. Like when I focus on serving others rather than focusing on myself, my life's a whole lot better. And a lot of people that aren't even Christians are realizing this, and it's really something that Jesus has been teaching to Christians all along, something that Jesus taught to us. And so today, I'm going to get to, I'm going to talk to you Uh, today for a little bit about finding your purpose, discovering your purpose. And I would say that you can't make a difference, what Pastor Ben talked about, you can't make a difference until you discover your purpose. And and so following that vision in reverse, the week after that's actually going to be Palm Sunday. The week after that, we're going to be talking about finding freedom getting free from all the junk in your life. And then on Easter Sunday, we'll conclude by talking about knowing God. And I think that's going to be an awesome day. I'm excited. There's going to be tons of people in here who maybe have the wrong idea about who God is and and, and the character of God, and they're going to get to know God. And I'm pumped up about that. And speaking of that, I'm really excited about Easter coming up. That's going to be an awesome day. Yeah, y'all make some noise. It's going to be great. Easter's going to be an awesome Sunday. Hey, Pastor Ben told us last week, Easter is the Super Bowl of Sunday services, right? So with that being said, we're preparing. We're working really hard to get ready for Easter. We've actually added services on top of our normal Sunday service times. So this is what it's going to look like. is the Saturday night before Easter. We've added two services on that Saturday night at 4 o'clock and at 6 o'clock. And then Easter Sunday, we're going to be sticking with our regular service times, 8 o'clock, 9.45, and 11.30. This is going to be an awesome weekend. I'm so pumped about it. Um, And I I would just say to you, this is the perfect opportunity for you to bring a friend with you. Maybe maybe you've been feeling nudged to bring somebody with you, a co-worker, friend, family member. Maybe it's your barber. I don't know. But whoever that is, I just want to encourage you to, to take that step and invite them to come with you so they can experience the power of God and their life's gonna be changed forever. Um, And I would say this as well, statistically speaking, when you invite someone to come with you to church, they're way more likely to come on Easter weekend than they are any of the other 51 Sundays of the year. Like the chances of them saying yes just goes up. It goes out the roof um, because people want to see what Easter's all about, right? So I just want to encourage you to take that step and and to just to step out and do that. And and if you've never brought someone with you to church who's far from God, you missed out on one of the best parts 
of church, your heart's going to be racing because you're going to want everything to go smoothly. You want it to go good. But our promise is we're working really, really hard so that you and whoever you decide to bring can experience an awesome service and create this moment where they can experience God. It's going to be a great weekend. So I just want to give you that encouragement this morning. So getting into the message today, our theme verse here today is found in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And it says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. This is the message translation. You may have heard it said before, where there is no vision, the people perish. This says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. So like if you could imagine, like spiritually speaking, if you can't see anything, if you're, you're in the dark, like I don't know where I'm at, I don't know what my surroundings are, and I don't know where I'm going, then you stumble all over yourselves. And to just hang out here for one more second, some of you would say, maybe, that this defines my life. My family's stumbling. My marriage is stumbling. My finances, my friendships, my relationships. School is stumbling. Maybe you're just tripping everywhere you turn. And I would just say that God has so much more because it tells us that when we attend to what he reveals, then we're most blessed. So a lot of times what we'll do is we try to focus on all those areas we're stumbling on and we try to fix them. But I would say rather than focusing so much on all the problems, what we really need is something else to focus on, something else to give our attention to. And what that is is it's what God is revealing for us. And so what we need to do is take our attention off of our problems and focus on what God is wanting to reveal to us. And when we do that, then our lives will be most blessed. Can I get an amen there? So... Then we will be fulfilled. And so this verse right here, when I'm talking about blessed, a lot of people hear blessed and they think, oh yeah, the money's about to start rolling in, right? I'm not talking about necessarily financially blessed. Me and my wife were at the airport over the weekend and I saw a guy wearing a shirt that said blessed on it and the S's in the middle were dollar signs because everyone interprets the word blessed as money. Like I got money rolling in. But I'm talking about something that money can never buy. I'm talking about fulfillment in your soul, like this deep sense of purpose. I know I'm doing exactly what God called me to do for being fulfilled and living the life that God intended me to live, for me to live. And when I'm there, I'm also content. I'm feeling contentment. So I just want to say that when we look around in our world, there are so many people who are settling for so much less. Like they're settling for so much less than what God has for them. And can I just stop right there and say that Jesus paid such a high price for us. The sacrifice that he made for us, he paid such a high price. And that's why it's so important that we never settle, but that we receive all that he has for us. Because he paid such a high price. So how do we do that? How do we understand this spiritual journey that we're on? How do we understand what the Bible calls the path of life? Well, this is found in Psalms. Right here, it says, you will show me the way of life. You can look at this as the path of life. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you. So this verse communicates to us that God, he'll, he'll show me the way that I need to go. Nobody else will show me the way that I need to go, the path I need to take. God will show me the path that I need to take. And I'll just say to some of you today that one of the best things that you can do is get unstuck, if you will, from where you are. A lot of you have been stuck in a place in life, and you've been stuck there for a long, long time, 
and you're not on, on the path that God has for you. Maybe you've settled for something less than, than what the best that God has for you is. And you, you feel like you're stuck there. But I'd say once you get on the path that God has for you, that's when you'll experience the joy of his presence. That's when you'll experience the pleasures of living with God forever is when you get on the path that God has for you. That's why we're, that's why we're not fulfilled when we're not on the path that God has for us. That's why our lives don't feel blessed. But when we get where he's been calling us all along, that's when we feel joy and that's when we feel the pleasures of living with God. And God wants that for you so much. Not just when you get to heaven. Like a lot of people have this mindset, oh, I'm just hanging on until I get to heaven, right? You don't have to just hold on till you get to heaven. God wants you to experience the joy and the, the, the pleasures of his presence while you're here on earth as well. But we have to get on the right path to be able to do that. That's what I want for my life. That's what I want for your life as well. So most of you who have, who have been here at City Hope for any amount of time, you've probably heard our vision. We talk about it all the time. Um, it's written on that wall out there in big letters. And, and I just want to talk to you about that for just a second. Um, and even if you know them, you can pull out that, that, the notes in your worship guide today, and we have some blanks with you. And you can just follow along with me in there and just fill in the blanks as we go today. But I, and I encourage you, even if you know them, just jot them down real quick. And the first, the first part of our vision is to know God. And that's what we really want for everyone who walks through these doors is to know God. And a lot of you may feel like, oh, I know God. Well, I, I thought that too, and I grew up in a pastor's home, and I, I knew God in, right here, but I never knew God right here, Right? For a long time, I didn't know God right here. And you can have a head knowledge of God, but what we want for you is to understand the true character of God and to experience him in your heart and have heart knowledge of who God is. And I would say this, that Jesus is not a religion. Jesus is a relationship. And that's what we want for every single one of you is for you to have a relationship with God. And once you do that, once you know God, once you truly know him, then you can receive his power. He'll give you power. And by the way, as I go through these, you can't do any of these steps without doing the previous one. So it's important that you get this one right because the next step, our second one, is find freedom. But you can never find freedom until you know God. Like you can't actually find true freedom until you know God. And really finding freedom is all about, like if you imagine that thing in your life, that if it wasn't there, your life would be a whole lot better. Some of you are thinking, man, I'll never be able to get past that. This thing's been following me my whole life. And I just want to tell you there is freedom in the presence of God. That God has freedom. And once you truly know God, then you can find freedom. You can get past your past. You can get past the things that you've been carrying for so long. Some of you, it's shame or it's guilt or it's condemnation. It's just hovering, you, hovering over your head and your past is just following you. You're looking back in the past at every sin that you ever committed. Shame of your past weighing you down. And I would just say we have to stop looking in the past because until we truly settle our past, we can never move into our future. Your past is keeping you from walking into the future that God has for you. So you can't go to the future until you settled your past. And that's where this comes in. You got to find freedom. You got to get free from, from that habit, that addiction, that thing that's holding you down, the thing that's holding you back. You got to find freedom. And when you find freedom, and only then can you do the third step, which is to discover your purpose. Discover the reason why God created you. Like, what did He create you to do? And a lot of people have never discovered their purpose because they never found freedom. 
They, they're, they're, a lot of people are following a purpose, but it's not the purpose that God has for them. And that's why they're not satisfied with their lives. It's because they're not following the right purpose. It's not the purpose that God has for their lives. But once you discover your purpose, then you can do the last thing, the fourth step. What it's all about is making a difference. Then you can truly make a difference once you discover your purpose. And and Pastor Ben brought us an amazing message around the topic of of making a difference. And I'd encourage you to go back um, and check that message out. Watch it. Um, Because really, that's what our lives are all about. Is making a difference and serving other people. I encourage you to go back and watch that. You can do that on our website or on our Facebook. You can go find that. And so um, statistically speaking, a lot of people have a lot of trouble with either the second or third step, either finding freedom or discovering their purpose. And so I just kind of wonder, like, why do people have so much trouble with that? Um, well, seminaries, you know, seminary is where people go to learn about the Bible and stuff. I went to seminary school, and it felt a lot more like cemetery school. Like some of you may have heard me say that, because it's kind of boring, and you're kind of like, man, what's this all about? Like, how's this even useful sometimes? So, you know, maybe some of y'all have done that before. I don't know. But seminaries did a study to show um, that they they found that 87% of the people, the body of Christ, that, that makes up, people that make up the church, 87% of them do not know their purpose. Like, they don't know why God created them. Can you imagine? Like, so the Bible calls the church, like, the body of Christ. All of us, we're part of the body of Christ. Can you imagine if 87% of my body didn't know its purpose? Like, it didn't work. It didn't function. Could you imagine that? In fact, like if 87% of my body wasn't functioning, I probably wouldn't be up here speaking to you today. Really, if you, I mean, I'm not a scientist or anything, so I don't know. That, I, would, I would imagine that I might even be dead. Like if 87% of my body wasn't working. And I don't know, I'm just curious, but like maybe that's why as a whole the church has not really made a difference for so long. It's because so many people who make up the church don't know their function. And so... It's really important to us here that we equip you and we help you to know your God-given purpose, that you know the reason why you were put on the face of this earth. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. But the thing we have to understand is that none of us are the same. We're all different parts that make up the body. Some of us are ears. Some of us are nose, eyes, mouth. Some of us are parts of the body that we're like, man, I wish I wasn't that part, right? You can use your imagination. That was supposed to be a joke, like... Just saying, like, there's some, I, I mean, I wouldn't be a, want to be a foot, really. Like, that would stink. Or, like, the toe or something. Like, you know? I'm just saying. And a lot of times we bring that in, into our purpose and we're like, man, I wish I was like so-and-so. I wish I was like them. But the truth is, and the thing that you need to understand, is even though you may be a different part of the body, that every part is vital to the body. Every part Every part is vital, and it it has to be there. So all of us are necessary in the body of Christ, every one of us, and every one of us have a role. So in Romans chapter 12, it tells us, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. So it's telling us, don't copy the behaviors of the world, the customs of this world. And the thing is, is that there's too many of us There's a lot of people in the church even that we're busy copying the behaviors and the customs of this world. And that's why that's part of the reason we don't know our purpose. Like the world has a purpose, 
but it's not God's purpose. The world, the world is pursuing some things, but they're coming up empty every time. And I would just go further to say that's why there's so much hatred in our world. That's why there's racism and so much violence and killings and shootings and all the, all the ills and the bad things of society. Every time we look on the news or wherever we, whenever we see that junk, that's why it exists. It's because the world is pursuing something, but it's not what God would have them pursue. And so what the Bible says is that we have to fix that. You can go to that last slide. The Bible says we have to fix that by changing the way that we think so that we can see it from what God's perspective is from our, for our life. So today in this message, I want to help you and I want to present another perspective to you to help you change the way we're thinking. We have to be able to see the process. We have to be able to see the spiritual journey that God would have us. Now you can go to that next verse. And then once you do that, it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So once we understand the spiritual journey that God has for our life, then we can know his will. And we don't have to be, see this, I spent a lot of time being afraid of what God's will was. You don't have to be afraid of his will because his will is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. And I want to say that to somebody today, that God's will for your life, if you're wondering, you don't have to question, his will is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. So really fast today, I want to share with you three enemies of purpose. Three things that get in the way of us seeing our purpose clearly and walking in that. And the first enemy of purpose is confusion. We get confused. This is, this is something the enemy uses in our lives is to confuse us. We get confused about our spiritual gifts. Paul speaks in the Bible and he says, he prays and he says, I, I pray that no one would be ignorant as to what their spiritual gifts are, but that everyone would be able to understand that they have these. So I, I would say that each one of you have God-given gifts, spiritual gifts. No one is excluded. Every person in this room, in the balcony, every, every person watching online, every person created has God-given gifts for you to use to make a difference in the world. God has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. So today, I'm not gonna talk a whole lot about spiritual gifts. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on that. That's not what this message is. But we do have you covered. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, we have a system to help you find and discover your purpose. And I'm gonna talk to that more in a second, but it's our growth track. And we have that out there in the lobby. We do it. There's one going on right now at 945. They're going right now. And then there's another one that happens at 1130 every Sunday. We have this for you because it's so important to us that we help you discover your purpose. So the, the next enemy of purpose is comparison. This is a big one here. A lot of people deal with this. I personally deal with this a lot. But for a lot of us, the reason that, the reason that we don't know our purpose is because we're too busy focusing on someone else's. Like, I wish I could have that purpose. I wish I was like them. Comparison. Feeling like what we have isn't good enough. Feeling like what God has given me isn't good enough. You know, like we get on social media and we're on Facebook and we're scrolling and we're like, oh man, look, look, she's so pretty. I wish I was that pretty. Oh man, look at that house. That's such a nice house. They, they got such a cute dog. Look, look at their family. They're so put together. Man, I wish I looked like that. I wish my hair was like that. But what y'all didn't know is she put a filter on that picture, right? That's not really what she looks like either. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think those filters take off a few pounds. I'm just, I'm just saying. 
Like, man, I wish I was like that. Or, oh, man, look at, look at their relationship. I wish my marriage was that happy. I wish my marriage was that perfect. But what y'all didn't know is she went upside his head before she posted that picture. <laughs> slapped him upside. She posted that picture to make him feel, ba- feel better from where she slapped him, right? No, y'all are judging what God has given you based on someone else's highlight reel. And you can't do that. And really, social media has done us a disservice because we're, we're so busy judging what everyone else wants to show off with what we don't want to show off, what only we know about ourselves. And it causes us to compare ourselves. And we bring that into the church world, or we bring that in, into who God created us to be, and then we start comparing our purpose with other people's. And just being really transparent with you, I struggle with this. My wife and I were at we were at a pastor's conference this, last, this weekend, this last weekend, and I'm looking around, looking at all these youth pastors. I'm like, man, those are some cool shoes. And I'm like sitting here, I got my Skechers on, you know what I'm saying? I was like, man, I wish I had shoes. I don't even think I could pull off shoes that cool. Like I wouldn't even look, that's not, and I'm like, I'm not cool enough to be a youth pastor, you know? And I, I think, you know, I think those things sometimes. Like I'm comparing myself. I think stuff like, man, I wish I was as good of a communicator as Pastor Ben. Like, he's just such a good communicator. I wish I could communicate like that. Or honestly, I think a lot of times, I wish I was as cool as Jason Moody. Like, I'm saying, somebody whistling back there. That's what I'm talking about. I wish I was as cool as Jason Moody. Because, like, when he just walks up in a room, like at the small group that I'm in, one of his small groups, when he walks in, it's just like, man, he just livens up the whole room. He's like the life of the party. Like, man, I wish I had that. But that's his gift. God gave him that. God didn't give that to me, Right? I'm a little more boring, so, but I, but I can't compare myself to other people because, listen, if, if you will always be miserable if you're constantly comparing your purpose with someone else's and desiring someone else's gifts and someone else's calling and desiring someone else's portion when God has already given you your own. That'll preach right there. Y'all are being real quiet in here, but that will preach. You, you will be miserable if you're always desiring what God has given someone else instead of focusing on what he's given you. And you'll miss out on the calling and the purpose and the plan that he has for your life when you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. So the third enemy of purpose is counterfeit. A lot of people never find their purpose because they are pursuing a purpose that's counterfeit. Like they're following a purpose, but it's not the purpose that God has for their life. Like you thought that your career was what you needed, but really, like I know we need jobs and we need money, but hear me here. Spiritually, we don't need a career. You need a calling. Some people get, like some people their career is their calling and they get to be fulfilled in that. But for some people, we're just working to make a dollar. And I would say you need more than a career. You need a calling to be able to walk into the purpose that God has for your life. Like, there's nothing wrong with you pursuing some money. There's nothing wrong with you pursuing some things in your life. But you need to walk in the calling that God has put in your life because God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. That's why he created you. It's because he had a purpose for you. Like, the Bible tells us that before you were ever even formed in your mother's womb, that he knew you. He had a plan for you. He had it already laid out before you, before you were ever even formed in your mother's womb. Like, think about it like this. God didn't create you and then go, hmm, now what can I use them to do? Let me, 
know, I just created this person. Now let me try to figure out what I can do for them. Like it wasn't an accident because the purpose existed first. And then he created you to match the purpose. Like he said, I'm going I'm to give them this gift and I'm going to give them this talent and I want to be really good at this. I'm going to give them this type of personality because this is the purpose that I have for them. Like you're custom made to fit the purpose that God has for your life. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're custom made. Custom made for the purpose that God has for your life. As a youth pastor, student pastor, I get to build relationships with a lot of students and I love doing that. One of my favorite things to do is I get to listen to like what they aspire to do, what they aspire to be. And I love hearing that. But there's sometimes students that I can just see like the calling of God all over their life. And, and I ask them, and I try to call that out in them. Like I try to be like, man, you're a leader. Like God has something special for you. Like I don't know what it is, but there's something special on your life. And there's people that's like that. And, and I'll be like, what are you going to do when you grow up? And they're like, oh, they'll tell me some career they want to do. Not knocking those careers because we need those things in our, in our world and society. But sometimes I just want to say, no, please don't do that. Don't settle for that. Like, God has so much more for you than that. And I can't say that, but I want to look at him and say, God, I see a calling all over you to be a pastor. Or I see a calling all over you to be a worship leader. I see, I see this all over your life. And I want to tell them that sometimes. But listen to me here, especially my, my students in the room. Hear me. Please do not, even adults, this applies to everyone. Please, I'm begging you, do not settle for a career when God is calling you to your purpose. Don't settle for a career outside of your purpose just because logistically and financially it makes more sense. You'll be miserable if you do that. I did it for a long time. I knew, I knew that God was calling me to do something with my life and I spent, because I was afraid, I spent a lot of time doing all these different jobs, careers that wound up being dead ends and I never felt fulfilled until the moment that I took a step of faith and I stepped into what he had been calling me to do all along. And then I felt fulfilled once I do that. And, and it's amazing when you get to live your life doing the very thing that God created you to do. I can't even explain how amazing it is, but I want that for you so bad. So we have systems around here to help you discover your purpose. I told you about Growth Track a minute ago. So for every piece of our vision, we have a system to help you do that. So weekend services, they help you know God. Our small groups, they help you find freedom. Take the mask off, get past the past, all that stuff. We have a dream team of like 200 people around here that week in and week out, they are making a difference. Where's my dream team at? Come on. Man, y'all are weak in here. Come on, where y'all at? Love the dream team. Love the dream team. They're making a difference. But for the piece of discovering your purpose, we have growth track. And you're probably sick and tired of hearing about growth track. Because Growth Track is the one announcement that we say every single Sunday. Hey, y'all, we got Growth Track. Step one today. Step two. Step three. Growth Track. How do I get involved? Growth Track. Y'all get sick of hearing us announce it, probably. But let me just tell you, Growth Track is a, is a system that's created of four weeks, and its purpose is to help you discover your purpose. Four weeks. We don't need your whole life. We just need four weeks to help you discover your purpose. And there's different processes in, in those classes. We make it really easy. Today being the third Sunday of the month is step three. The first Sunday of the month is step 
one. The second Sunday of the month is step two. We make it so easy a caveman could do it because we want you to be able to get in there. And really, just about every single week, steps, like any week, you can go to growth track. Like, some, like don't use the excuse as a cop-out of, well, it ain't the first Sunday of the month. I guess I got to wait till next month. No, you can go today on step three, and you can jump into the, the growth track process, and you can still do it on step three. And we help you to discover your purpose. And we do this because this is so important to us that we help you discover your purpose. So just a quick teaser. I'm not going to spend much time here. But growth track... Uh, what we do in Growth Track, because it's all about your design. So there, what we learn is that God's design in you reveals God's destiny for you. So basically, like if we can understand your design, we can understand how you were created, what makes you tick, then we can help you figure out what, what your purpose is. We can help you figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Kind of like this, like uh, we, we dig into that design and they'll ask you different questions just to to get your mind rolling and thinking and give you different scenarios to help you figure out what you were meant to do. Kind of like this, like if I had an eyeball sitting here on the table, we could take it and scientists could study it and we could figure out what it is and we could figure out, oh, it belongs in the eye socket and its purpose is to see. Kind of the same thing with you. Like we can take you and, and, in growth track and we can ask you some questions and give you some scenarios and things and we can help you figure out how you were created, like and really why you were created by God, and we can help you discover your God-given purpose. So, and in Growth Track, we have a motto that we say, and we, every person that finishes Growth Track, they get a t-shirt, and this motto is printed across it, and it simply says, I was made for this. Because when we step into our purpose, the way we feel when we're doing that thing is, I was made for this. And that's the, that's the title of this message today, is I was made for this. And I would just say this today, that if you are dissatisfied with your life, it's because you're pursuing something that you were never made to do. And a lot of us get there at some point in our life, but can I tell you that you are made for something? You are made for something. God purposely created you. And, and I would just say, I believe this from the heart of Pastor Ben, that the vision of this church from the very beginning of it, it was never created, it was never intended to fill up rooms. The purpose and the vision of this church is to help every single person that walks through those doors to know God, find freedom, discover their God-given purpose so that they can make a difference in the world and feel blessed and feel fulfilled and be content in their life. It's all about you. It's all about the one. It's all about your spiritual journey. That's the vision. That's why this exists, is to help the one person discover what God has for their life. And I just have to say that I'm so grateful that I've come to that point in my life, that every day I wake up in my job, I get to go to a place. Like I get to go and do the very thing that God created me to do every single day. And it's the most amazing feeling in the world. I can't even really explain it to you. I'm grateful to God and I'm grateful to my wife for that because my wife pushed me and she believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And I'm grateful for that. And, I, I, and can I just say, that's not reserved for pastors. Like you may be thinking, well, of course you're a pastor. That's why you feel that way. No, like I was a, I was a youth pastor before I came here and I didn't feel that way. I didn't, I didn't feel that way in my life. God has that for every single one of you. God wants you to live your life fulfilled, and bless doing the very thing that he has for you to do. So really fast, I got to move this morning real fast. I'm going to give you four things, 
from what we see in the Bible, examples of how God reveals his purpose to his people. You can follow along in the worship guide and just fill in the blanks as we go. But the, the first way that God reveals his purpose to people is the call from birth. And really what I would say here is maybe some of you have experienced this. A lot of people do. Like you could say, when I was a little kid, I knew I wanted to do X, Y, Z. Like I knew that I wanted to do this, but then debt happened and marriage happened and life happened and way too many kids happened, right? I don't, I'm not there yet. But. Too many kids and life just got in the way of me following the call that I had on my life. And just, I got stuck. A lot of people sense this at a young age. The best example that I can give you for this is the prophet Jeremiah. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And I just want to say to someone here today that before you were ever even created, before you were ever even formed, that God had a purpose, he appointed you, he had a plan for your life. He goes to the next part and he says, Sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. Jeremiah's like, I can't do this, God. I'm too young. But the Lord said to, to him, don't say that. Don't say that you're too young. And God specializes in using people who feel like they're not qualified to do what he's called them to do. They feel like they can't do it. But God specializes in using those people. Jeremiah's like, I'm too young. God said, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't say that you can't do what I'm calling you to do. Because what we need to understand is that God wants to put his power on the inside of us to help us do what we never thought we could do. Because a lot of times we don't think we can do what God's calling us to do. And really we can't without his power. That's why he wants to put his power on the inside of us and help us to accomplish his plan for our life. He goes to the next part and says, You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to do. But do not be afraid of them because I am with you and I, the Lord, will rescue you. I remember personally at a very young age feeling the, the call, like the call from birth. Like at a young age, I remember the sense of drawing towards doing ministry. I remember it vividly. God was calling me to do ministry. And as I got older and went to college, I was going after all these other different you know, plans that I had in my mind for my life and Ultimately, like, I wasn't passionate about those things. I, they didn't fulfill me. Um, and really, you know, my dad is, was and is a pastor. And so when I felt this drawing towards ministry, this calling, I was like, I don't know that I want to do that, you know, because I've seen all the junk he had to deal with. And so I was like, I don't know that I want to do that so much. And I tried to find it in other places. But I remember my parents, my parents would encourage me, and they would, they would tell me, Caleb, God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. They would tell me these things. God's going to use you to do something big. And ultimately, their encouragement ended up helping me to fall right where I needed to be, right in the spot where God was calling me, the sweet spot of my purpose, my parents' encouragement. And I just want to say to you today, do not be afraid to look your kids in the eye and tell them, God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. If you feel it, say, I believe that God, they can make the decision on their own, but I believe God has gifted you to be a pastor or I believe God has gifted you to plant a church or to be a worship leader. Tell them that. Encourage them with that. Plant those seeds in their heart and let God do the work. But don't be afraid to encourage your kids because I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for my family's encouragement. So don't be afraid to do that. The next way that God 
reveals his purpose is through a growing awareness. So for some of us, we can just see little bits at a time. And, and then that grows. Like then we eventually see the bigger picture. We see more and more of it. And a good example of this would be Joseph in the Bible. Like Joseph, if, that's a great story to read in the book of Genesis, by the way. I encourage you to go read that, uh, Joseph. And, but what we know about Joseph is that he has this dream. He didn't see nothing else, but he just saw the end. Like he had this dream where his whole family's bowing down before him. And he was dumb enough to tell them, right? He was like, hey, brother, I see you and dad and everybody's bowing down to worship me. And they're like, what? Worshiping you? Ain't nobody worshiping you, right? And, you know, him sharing that ended up getting him beat, thrown in a pit, and sold into slavery. And for a really long time in Joseph's life, it seemed like his life was going away. Like all these wrong turns were happening. All, all the things that's like, God, are you, like, where are you at, God? Like his life was going away from what seemed like God's purpose was for his life. And some of you feel that way today. You'd say, my family's falling apart. My marriage is falling apart. Maybe some of you here today went through a, a bad divorce or a bad relationship. And you feel like your life is going away from the path that God has for you. And what, what I'm trying to say, what my point is today, is don't misinterpret your situation. Because God will use every wrong turn that has happened in your life to fulfill his ultimate purpose for your life. He will use all those wrong turns. He'll use the heartbreak. He'll use everything because there's somebody out there who's going through the same thing and you can be an encouragement to them. You can, you can let them know, hey, there's hope in Jesus. God will use every wrong turn. And, and in Genesis 50, we see this at the end of the story for Joseph. It says, you intended to harm me, telling that because his brother sold him. It said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. Because Joseph was making a difference. He said, you meant it, you meant it for evil. Like we sang a minute ago, you, God takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good. And that's what Joseph's saying here is you meant it for harm, but God turned it for good, for the saving of many lives. And remember, this is what our lives are all about. We exist to make a difference. We exist so that our lives can save many other people. And so God will take your situation no matter how broken you may feel today. God, hear me. God will take your situation, he'll turn it for good, and he'll use it for the saving of many lives. The third thing, way that we see God reveals his purpose is walking through open doors. The Bible tells us in Revelation that God is, God is the God who opens doors that no man can open and closes doors that no man can close. And maybe some of you have if you've ever walked past an opportunity, like an open door in your life, and you're like, oh, I wonder what's on the other side of that. I wonder what's on the other side of that door, that opportunity. And I just say, well, you'll never know until you walk through it. You'll never know. There's no way to know until you step through it. My example here is Queen Esther. Queen Esther was a Jewish woman living in Babylon. Basically, she was a misfit. She was an outcast. And, and basically, so the story goes like this. The king of Babylon, he decides one day he's going to parade his wife around, show her off and all this stuff. She's like, no, uh you ain't doing that to me. Mm -mm. And he got mad because she wouldn't do it. And basically, he fired her from being his queen. I guess you could do that, you know. So he's like, uh you're not my queen anymore. And he puts on this beauty pageant, basically, to find a new queen. And there were a bunch of women in it. Some Jewish women end up in it. Esther ends up in it. And because of her beauty, she was gorgeous. 
he ends up choosing Esther to be his next queen. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm, I don't know that she'd probably want to do that, you know. But so he chooses her. She didn't have a choice. You're my next queen. At the same time, another man on the king's cabinet, he's plotting and planning to annihilate all of the Jewish people. Remember, Esther's Jewish. Her people are Jewish. So he's plotting to annihilate them all. And here in Esther chapter 4, Mordecai's uncle speaks up and he says, Esther, if you remain silent this time, relief and deliverance gonna, for the Jews, it's going to come from another place. It won't come from you. But you and your father's family will perish. So he's saying not only will God like, use somebody else, but also you're going to die and your family's going to die along with the rest of the Jews. And then he goes on to the next verse and says, but who knows that you've come to your royal position. Maybe you're the queen. Maybe this happened for such a time as this so that you can have a voice into the king's ear to deliver the Jewish people. So God reveals his purpose for our lives through open doors. And the fourth thing, the last one here, that God reveals his purpose is a God encounter. We see this in scripture in the book of Acts chapter 9. Y'all remember Saul, he, he became Paul, but before he became Paul, he was Saul, and he persecuted Christians. That's what he did. He went around persecuting Christians. And it says, meanwhile, while Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, y'all, Paul is like threatening to murder the Lord's disciples. While this is happening, go to the next verse. He went to the high priest and asked him for more letters. Letters, this would have been basically like giving him more Christians to go persecute. Like they would have given him a letter that would have given him what he needed to go persecute these people in a specific place. So he asked him for more letters to the synagogues in Damascus that, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, he could persecute them. And back then they didn't call it Christianity, they called it the way. And so he goes to the next verse, whether men or women, that he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem and so as he neared Damascus, right here, y'all, he's on the way to Damascus, literally to go persecute more Christians. While he's on the way there, suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him. So he's just doing his thing. He's living his life, going to persecute more Christians, and boom, all of a sudden, something happens. A light flashes all around him, and we go to the next verse. What we see is that he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, why do you persecute me? And what we find out in the next verse is that this is Jesus speaking. And he says, why are you persecuting me? Like, you're not just persecuting the people. You're also persecuting me, Saul. Why do you do this? And he says, who are you, Lord? Go to the next verse. And he says, I'm Jesus, who you are persecuting. You're persecuting me, Saul. And he replied, now get up and go into the city. And then you're going to be told what you must do. So he has this moment where he encounters God. And a lot of us, we feel like, I'm not qualified. My past disqualifies me from serving God. But what we see here is that Saul literally was persecuting God's people. God didn't just write him off. He called him. He called him into his purpose. And he said, I'm going to use you, Saul. Now you go there and you do what I'm telling you to do. And if God can take someone who is murdering his people and call them and make him an apostle who writes much of the New Testament, then what can he do with your life? He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. God has a plan for your life. 
You're not disqualified because of your past. You have to find freedom from that. You're not disqualified from what God wants to do with you in your life. And I would just say that there may be a lot of you here today who may have been running from your purpose for a long time. Maybe you've been running from your calling for your whole life, possibly. And I told the prayer team this this morning. I've been praying about this. It's been in my spirit, and I've had them praying about it. My prayer today is just like when Paul was on that road to Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven came and it caught his attention and it called him into his purpose and he began to live the life that God had for him all alone. My prayer today is that you would have a suddenly moment just like that. There may not be lights flash all around you. Oftentimes God doesn't speak the same way twice. We've seen We see in the Bible where God spoke through a burning bush and never saw it again. So it may not be this big theatrical experience, but he'll speak to you some way. And my prayer today is that God will stop you in your tracks and suddenly he'll call you into your purpose. Because he has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life so much more than you could have ever imagined. He has good things in store for you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God loves you so much. He has a purpose for your life. So this is the last thing I have for you today. You need to know this. Please hear this. That God created you on purpose for a purpose. He has a plan for your life. God created you on purpose for a purpose. If you would bow your head right here and just close your eyes. God created you on purpose. You're not a mistake You're not an accident. You're not the narrative of your family or your parents. God created you on purpose for a purpose. He has a plan for your life. He's going to use you to make a difference. God created you. Hear this. On purpose. For a purpose. Get that in your heart. He has a plan for you. And I realize that today some of you may be here. And maybe you're far from God. You say, I I can't even begin to know the purpose that God has for my life because I don't even have a relationship with him. And I want you to know today that God loves you. And the first step to finding your purpose is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, you feel that drawing. You feel the Holy Spirit drawing you, calling you. I want to ask you to lean into that moment. What I'm going to do right here on the count of three I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand or come up front or none of that. But on the count of three, I just want to ask you to slip up your hand with your head still bowed all over this place. You feel that calling. You say, I need to give my life to Jesus today. That's you. One, two, three. Lift your hands. Anyone in here today say, I feel him calling me. I see you. I'm proud of you. I see you back there. Anyone else? I see you over there feel him calling me today. He's calling you today. He's got a purpose. He's got a plan for you. I see you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. All right, here's what I want to ask us to do is just pray this prayer. You may not have lifted your hand today, but you still want to make a decision. And if that's you, if you'll pray this prayer in your heart, he'll still do the work. So pray this with me today. Let's pray this boldly. Jesus, I come before you today and I give you my life. I surrender all to you. I pray that you'd forgive me of all my sins. 
Give me a new start. Help me to fulfill the purpose you have for me. From right now, the rest of my life, I'm going to do my best to follow you with all I am. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Come on, y'all give God praise in this place for his power. He's still working. He's still moving. He's not finished working. I'm so proud of you.